0: hello college students and welcome to another episode of the college solvers podcast joining me today as usual is my co-host cisco how are you doing man
1: pretty good just thinking in my head when we're when we're gonna start talking about creating a podcast
0: <laughs> yeah that, that that is a, a good point there uh, I, I i'm sure all the listeners are gonna be uh watching out for that right because uh, today's topic is is one that I could see how we could incorporate it in this topic but we are going to be talking about the 10 college mistakes that you can learn from that we made some uh, Cisco didn't actually make but you know we'll give you the perspective from his side on why you shouldn't make that same mistake and why you can actually get a lot of value from that. So, uh, Cisco, let's get started with the uh, first mistake. This is one that me and you share. Uh, can you tell us what this first one is?
1: Yeah, definitely. The The first one is about not being involved in, in college from from day one. And I remember my own experience back in, in 2012. And, you know, one of the things moving from Puerto Rico to Rhode Island for college, I was like, I just want to get settled in really get good grades you know just just kind of acclimate to to the campus but one of the things that I you know as a first week um, passed by and a lot of the clubs you know kind of pass like the time to, to join right there are some clubs that you could join at any point and there are other clubs like student Congress where you you had a certain time period to run for a, a position in your class and/ or serve on a committee And I remember I was like, you know, I'm not making as friends as fast as I thought I was. I'm just like in my dorm looking at a textbook, not that it is wrong to be in your dorm or looking at a textbook. I do highly encourage you to, to study and to, and to get good grades because the habits you develop from that will really help you build a purposeful career. But, um, I think not being involved was a mistake because you never know who you're going to meet, right? You, you may meet somebody who in your class or a friend or a mentor that you may have never met just because of different class schedules or, or different. There's so many different factors, right? They're playing to college, one of them being the size and all those different things. And two is a lot of these different clubs and organizations, that have like alumni events or networking events or networking nights where you can meet people who were part of the club and who've become big in, in their careers. So joining a club isn't just a way of getting involved on campus and putting things on your resume, but is also a thing that can lead you to success once you graduate because of the people that you'll meet along the way. And I, I'm curious to hear about your perspective and your journey, Luis.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, pretty similar. Again, I, I wasn't involved, uh, in college uh, on my day one, but I think a big part of that was that I started at a community college, which we're going to talk about that in a later episode, why it is a good idea to start there. But one of the downsides, I think, is that a lot of community colleges aren't maybe as involved as when you go to a four-year college, as there's not that much going on because most of them tend to be uh, commuter schools where uh, people, you know, go to work And they go to college and a lot of people aren't really uh, staying around on campus as long. And so uh, that was partly the reason. Another part of that reason, too, was that I was really shy. I was an introvert. So naturally, uh, actually getting involved was like the last thing that I thought about. And uh, I just cared about just going to class and do what I need to do and pass the class. That's that's all that matters. But reflecting back. And because when I transferred to my four year, I actually started to get involved since I transferred, I realized that there was a lot of benefits that I gained in that short amount of time that I was involved after I transferred, that had I done that initially, which th- there were some clubs still on my community college campus that I could have still been a part of, I would have really helped me out a lot because I would have met more people that would have meant that I knew more people that probably took my classes and that would have probably helped me to uh, be more open to actually speaking to people and to speaking to professors and not being as like shy, right, and like just uh, reserved. And so uh, I think that's one of the main things you gain from being involved is that you get that practice of talking to other people. So when you go into classes and you're doing group work, it's not as uh, strange to you, right, to actually talk to other people because you actually do that when you get involved. And so nothing but benefits. And that's just talking about your college life. But think about after college and your career, you want to make sure that you have those people skills and that you're able to talk to other people as well. And mm-hmm. and so it's, it's really helpful. And like you said, Cisco, you never know who you're going to meet. You could potentially be meeting that next person that is going to tell you like, Hey, there's a job opportunity. You should go check it out. And that might be the start of your career. Thanks to that. So you mm-hmm. never know.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, and, and you hit on an important point about how, you know, when, when we initially enter college, one of the, the biggest things are on our mind is succeeding in class. And I think one of the things we can kind of get into is you know if we have a hard math class or a hard science class or, or whatever class you, you have to take you know we're like oh I can get this I can understand it I don't need to, to visit the professor during his office hours and I also don't need to get um, the tutoring help right but I think and and this is I I didn't do this but I'm talking about it from a perspective of you know kind of playing into that mentality that we sometimes get into i know when 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 we enter college and we're like invisible and that we not invisible invincible and that we know everything but you know i remember during my junior year as part of my um as part of being a business major i needed to take um business math and i had been good good at math but it had been i think Three, three or four years since I had last taken a class, which is like pre-calculus in high school. So I remember going into the semester, I knew that one, I would I would need to visit the professor, you know, often really establish that relationship. So my first day after class, I introduced myself, who I was, and I didn't, the first thing out of my mouth wasn't like, I'm going to do terrible in, in your class, but I was like, you know, just wanting to introduce myself in case I pass by your office just so you know who I am. And then the second thing that I did after is I went to the library, to the tutoring center, and I set up weekly appointments with the same tutor. And that really helped me out. One, because it created accountability where I was always kind of reinforcing the material that I was learning in class. But two, I was also able to answer any questions that I wasn't able to ask my teacher because maybe the office hours conflicted with my own schedule. I could ask it to my tutor. So it worked out in that, you know. And I remember I ended up the this semester with an A in business class, and I was really, business, not business class, business math. And I was really happy about that. But I know that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't go to the teacher to to his office hours and developed a a, re- a relationship with with the professor, as well as having that weekly tutoring help that helped me understand the material and really work through and really learn to master the material instead of just trying to keep up with it. Did did you have a similar experience, or would you like to talk about your own experience, Luis?
0: Yeah. So actually, the this one was one mistake that I actually <laughs> did make. Unfortunately, I didn't do all that. But as I hear you talk about doing all that, I'm like, that would have been a good idea too. And so, hey, that's that's why we're here for, that's why this episode is here for. So everyone can hear that there truly is a lot of benefits in that. But no, I think, as I said, in the other point, I was so shy that I was even shy with talking to a professor that I felt like. I just can't ask them, not because I felt like I knew all the material, because I do know that I did struggle in a couple of classes, especially the math ones. i had never really been good at math uh, and sometimes with English as well. And so had I benefited a lot from actually talking to the professor? Yeah, I think so. It, it could have really helped me out. And I think to a point where one class could have been changed by a whole letter grade if I would have done that and I think thinking back you know I think it could have really helped me out a lot because I probably could have been an honor student which we'll talk about later on too is this another mistake but I could have probably been there had I just had that extra help from the professor or from you know going to tutoring help and and doing all that and I think I just let my Introvertness really take over, and I wouldn't do that. And I think I, I probably just had a handful of interactions, I think, with professors uh, during my uh, years at community college, especially. Uh, and mainly those few interactions, honestly, they mainly came during maybe finals week, as I asked them, like, "Hey, when are we gonna know like our final grade?" Because, <laughs> as we all know, as college students you're always worried about what that final grade is going to be like, or like when you're going to know what you got on the final. And so that is probably one of the (laughs) few times I actually talked to professors, but it was just to calm my own anxiety and knowing like, wait, by when should I know? Especially as we all go to the break. And as a lot of professors tell you that they're going to grade the test. You want to know when that grade is going to be there so you could check your transcript and, hope for the best right hope that that you did uh good in the class and that you didn't really do bad on the test and there goes your final grade too and so that's probably the only time but again if you're in that same situation as i was try and get out of it as soon as you can and you know what we're gonna do another podcast as well on you know how i overcame my introvertness and you might have some uh items to to add on to that too, Cisco. And I think that is going to benefit a lot of you listening that might be in that same situation because I know how you're feeling if you're in that situation. And trust me, once you get out of being an introvert, it really helps you a lot. And I think I'm a good living example of that because it has really benefited uh, my career and just in general, my life and being able to be someone who um, has actually been more outspoken than before, but yeah, d- definitely a, a big, uh, mistake that I wish I could go back and, and change. So the next mistake here, mistake number three is actually one that I think a lot of people don't know. I don't know if you knew uh, as well, Cisco, that you can actually start college or at least here in California, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. maybe other states have, might have similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually start community college while you're in high school. And here you can actually start when you're a junior in high school. And I actually did start when I was in high school, but I started my second half of my senior year because that's when a, a representative of my community college actually uh, went to my high school and let us know that. But fortunately it was my second part of senior year. Um, But, I think it still benefit me a lot because uh, I was already a registered college student in high school, meaning that I actually got a really good registration date while I was registering for classes each semester. And it gave me a feel for what college was like before I actually officially became a full-time college student. And so if you're in that situation, if you're a high schooler listening right now, then definitely look into that. If you know other maybe high schoolers, you're a college student now and you know high schoolers that might be going to college soon, let them know to look into this. Trust me, I know the last thing maybe someone wants to do is go to a college class after being in school for the whole day, but that doesn't mean that you have to take like a math class or a science class. You could actually take fun classes. And so like when I went, I took an animations class and a computer class and they were interesting. I mean, I actually learned a lot from them. And so uh, think about it that way. You can actually take interesting classes. And again, they are free if you're here in California. And I'm sure other states might have uh, similar programs too. So Mm -hmm. look up your state, see if they offer that. And if they do, spread the message around. More people can go to college. And if you start earlier, again, nothing but benefits because you might even finish a semester before you would have finished before. Or even more, if you get a better registration date. So never uh, overlook that because it it can help you out in the future.
1: For sure. I know um, I didn't do that um, coming from school in Puerto Rico, but I know I'm here in Florida and a lot of my friends where I went to graduate school, um, you know, or, or some of the undergraduate undergraduates, me, they're like, yeah, I already have my associates. I'm like, you already have your associates. And they're like, yeah, I went through, you know, when I was in high school, I was able to take, you know, college courses to so already have an associate. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So in a way, one, you already now have another degree, even though if you look at one of our previous episodes, we talk about going the whole nine yards and doing the whole, the whole four years of of college. And you should take a listen to, to that episode where we discuss um, our own experiences and why they were so fruitful. But um, you know, it's, it's very valuable in that it's kind of, it helps you transition to really succeed in college from day one. And I think succeeding from day one is also getting to know your, 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 your your class advisor is also is also your your major advisor. This isn't um, a mistake that I personally made as I as I met with my advisor every semester and even before picking classes, just so I could make sure that I was meeting all of the different elements of the curriculum that I needed to meet, but that I also didn't run into a situation where I needed to get into a class to graduate and I wasn't able to get it or that I wasn't able to get into a class, I needed to proceed within my major. And then I needed to speak to a department chair for them to accommodate me and increase the capacity of the classes. I know that's one thing a lot of us may have experiences not getting the class that we want and then having to go to the department chair to ask for for an accommodation. And one of the ways that we can avoid that is by communicating with our advisors right with our advisors who will tell us you know these are the classes that you need to take and this is you know as as much as you can I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you have to have you know your first semester freshman year your whole your whole full years of college mapped out in terms of your class schedule but it does help a lot in giving you kind of this vision and this plan but not just visiting and talking to your class advisor, but also, you know, reaching out to the different different diversity and inclusion um faculty and staff. You know, those are they they've under you know, they, they can offer a lot of mentorship and advice and can help really help you through that transition, as well as admissions and financial aid. There's so many individuals in the you know in the administration of a school and I remember my own experience I was I was a good mentors of mine were the dean deans of different um, schools and they weren't even within my major because I was a business major but I would go visit them every week and they would tell me about um, you know applying to a club or applying to a scholarship or applying towards the leadership honors society and these are different things that I may have found out about from a fellow student, but you know, having have having the ability to say, oh, I was recommended by or I was referred by X person really gave, you know, really gives you much more weight to what you're saying. And it's so important, right? Because there's so many opportunities that we can miss out on. That these administrative individuals know just because they know the ins and outs of the university, and I think one that I know Luis is going to talk about shortly is about scholarships.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely re- relate. You know, to to being afraid of uh, talking to any people um, in a college, right? That are they're really to serve you, the student, right? I mean, that's, that's what they ultimately get paid for, and. It's it's really critical. I think there's a lot of departments that you absolutely need to make sure that you contact. Like there's financial aid, you have to check your financial aid. Uh, like you mentioned, admissions as well. And so it's just important, you know, to make sure that if you need to talk to them, talk to them. Set an appointment if it's with a counselor or anybody else that you need to set an appointment with, and you know, don't be scared to talk to them because they have the answers to whatever questions you have or most of the questions you might have uh, that they'll have the answer to. And so make sure that you uh, speak with them. And one thing I would add on this is that I can actually say that thanks to the fact that I talked to someone from a program, particularly here, uh, the MBA program, when I was applying to grad school for my master's, it actually really benefit me and it actually helped me save $250. So there's actually a dollar amount uh, value with that. And short story on how uh, that went about. Well, I actually went to an MBA uh, information session that they were doing on my campus. And, you know, keep in mind that back when I was an introvert, I probably wouldn't have gone to these things. And I probably would have just been like, I guess I'll do research on my own and apply and I won't go anything to anything that's in person, even if I'm not talking. But when I uh, graduated with my undergrad and I was starting to look into grad schools, I actually was starting to change already. Uh, I wasn't as uh, quiet as I was when I first transferred. And so I actually went to this event and as I was outside uh, signing in uh, to actually enter the conference room, uh, one of the people that was in charge of the program or that worked there at the program um we were talking after uh, i signed up and and she was asking me if i had any questions and so one of the things i believe i asked her was you know do you have to take the gmat or the gre and you know how how are those two different because for those of you who don't know what those two things are they're actually uh, exams that you take to enter grad school and each different program has a different requirement. Some will take either, or some only take one uh, GMAT or GRE. And so she gave me more information. And then as she gave me more information, she actually told me that they actually had waivers for the GMAT and that I should probably apply to them because she said not that many people will apply. And we actually still have one voucher remaining. And so long story short, I ended up actually applying for it. I ended up getting it. And so, it was basically like getting a two hundred and fifty dollar check because that—that that is what the GMAT cost. And so, I got to take it for free that first and only time I've, I'll ever take that test again because it's long story with that test. It's—it's um, it's a pretty difficult test, <laughs> but you know if you have to take it, then of course go uh, take it. But yes, it, it really helped me out to do that. And so, your experience might also be worth some money and so again that was thanks to me actually talking to them actually going to this event otherwise I would have never known that there were actually waivers out there and I would have just actually paid the 250 that the test cost so um, good thing to to look at and like you were saying to this school yes uh mistake number five for me in particular I'm not sure if maybe with you it applies as much but it is not applying to scholarships uh, ever since I was in college in general. And, you know, it, it's one thing that a lot of people talk about, apply for scholarships. You all here and right now may have probably heard it a million times, <laughs> especially since you were in high school, or if you're still in high school, you're hearing it still. And trust me, people repeat it because it really can really make a difference. And there are really a lot of scholarships out there that if you take the time, if you invest, your time and actually applying to them, you might actually obtain one because think about it, a lot of people might have the mentality that like, well, I'm competing against this many people, which sure, sometimes you are competing against that many people, but there are sometimes some scholarships that are specifically to certain people. For example, just to to give an example, if you're a first generation college student, then maybe they only let first generation students apply to it. And so that gives you an advantage or say, if they say, oh, if your parents were at like a specific place or at a hospital, you might be able to apply and only you, because that only applies to you. And of course, anyone else in that situation, but it's not open to the general uh, student populations. And, and so there's a lot of scholarships like that. And, and, not to say don't apply to the ones that are open to everyone, but what I'm trying to say is that your chances are actually pretty high. And think about it this way. If a lot of people think that they won't get it and don't apply, then that means that there's even less people that are actually applying. And so, you know, that that might be a good way for you to be convinced to actually apply to it, considering that a lot others are thinking the same thing you're thinking. So, you know, just think differently and, you might be uh, in a good spot there.
1: Yeah, I think that's very, very important. I remember that um, during my junior year at Providence College, there was this um, there was this scholarship for individuals. Um, I'm not remembering, you know, like the whole details exactly. It's been a, a few years, but it was it was a it was a scholarship that wasn't really known about but because I was good friends with somebody in the in the um in the fundraising department uh, at Providence College she let me know that there was a scholarship for students who had disabilities that was available to them and she's like "May I think the recipient who has it right now is graduating so you may be eligible for it and I was like oh that's cool and thankfully i was able to receive that scholarship and i was able to meet the people who provided that scholarship which was an you know an amazing experience to to hear why they had created the scholarship and, and how it was made to really you know empower people so that was an amazing experience but one that i would have never known about if i hadn't established those relationships with administrative personnel but now i think we're I think we're going to start talking about more about that that college life, right, Louis? And we're going to talk about the the student rec center and the intramurals. And I'm excited to hear about your perspective on on all that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Now, now we're starting uh, <laughs> the, the the college life. The the, the more uh, things you have to do uh, outside of just the uh, the coursework. Um, and yeah. Uh, or a mistake here, or my mistake, probably more number uh, six, is not taking advantage as much of the student rec center. I don't know about you, Cisco, but I feel like maybe most college students uh, actually go through this, where you have to actually pay as part of your tuition fees for your rec center. Mm-hmm. A part of your tuition goes to that, and so I know a lot of people that you know went to my college that you know still probably go that they probably never actually visited our rec center only maybe when orientation was going on because you know they were kind of forced to actually go there. But other than that, I know personally, like I probably only went there a handful of times and looking back, I would have gone there a lot more times because each semester we were paying a good amount for that rec center. Like, not kidding. We were paying more than probably like a premium gym membership that you could get outside of the school, uh, because it, it was a, a relatively new rec center that had been built uh, a couple of years back. And so I wish I would have taken more advantage of that. Uh, I mean, they they had a lot of good uh, workout stations. They had an indoor basketball arena, which I really enjoyed uh, going to. And so uh, and then also they had a. Uh, classes as well that they offer for any student so you know included already you just sign up and and all that and so looking back I wish I would have taken advantage of that of the classes and actually would have gone more than just a handful of times because uh, you know I think a lot of people really didn't utilize it but maybe some didn't realize that they were paying for it in their tuition and so that's where it comes to play that if you are paying for something in your tuition, you should take advantage of it because you are paying for it. And your money is, of course, going to pay for the people working there and for the maintenance of the facility. And so you should take advantage of it. That's why they're there for it. They're there to help you achieve, if it's at the rec center, to achieve your fitness goals uh, through these classes, through you know being able to actually be there and participate in uh, any events that they have. And so you have that to you. Uh, In addition to the rec center, I would also add like the health center as well. Probably most students know that, you know, your college probably has a health center that you are also paying for. And so take advantage of that too. A lot of college students don't even have insurance unless you're being insured by your own parents. Um, But other than that, you have that. And a lot of colleges, especially, you know, if, if you have bigger colleges, might even have an own medical center as well. So, you know, take advantage of that if you're paying for it. And in certain cases, if you have to pay, you might just pay like a small cost because you're a college student. And so make sure that that you go to those places um, before you regret it, after you graduate like I did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I think I think you you brought up an, an an interesting point in that you know I remember when I was in we had like this really cool like re, like um rec center and we had all these different things that that we could use, but we never really used or we were just like, oh what, why would I ever go to the gym or why would I ever go to this right there's so many other things to do. But I think it's try, trying to get the the most out of your college experience is definitely one of the things we should always try try to do. And you never know, and, and again I know I know this is a point that I continuously bring up, but it's like you never know who you, who you're going to meet, right? Over a love of basketball or soccer or lifting weights you know i don't know everybody has 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 different likes and different ways we connect with but it's also awesome to meet people when we share similarities and in this in this stuff we like to do and in our extracurriculars
0: oh yeah definitely it's a good way and you're keeping healthy too right so it, Mm -hmm. it helps uh balance that out because we all know that the college diet isn't always the, the best diet out there. And so it, it definitely helps us out to make sure that, you know, we're, we're keeping as healthy as, as can be, because not only that we're stressing out over tests, over exams and all that. And so you want to make sure that you also, you know, maintain your, your own health. And, and so that, that doesn't get to you as much. So uh, yeah, make sure that you, you do take advantage of that. And then also talking about it already in this context of keeping yourself healthy, exercising our, uh, mistake, or I should say my mistake only on this one too. Uh, number seven is not playing intramurals much. In fact, I only played intramurals like once and that wasn't even when I was officially in intramurals. That was the, uh, beginning of intramurals when you actually didn't have to pay yet until your, uh, team was like in their second or third week, uh, which I actually played outdoor soccer. Uh, and so I regret not having played more of intramurals, uh, not just my outdoor soccer, but they had indoor soccer, they had basketball, um, volleyball, they had more sports. And I really wish I would have been a part of that because I just would hear stories of people having a blast and you know, actually uh playing all these sports and and whatnot. And you know, that the, there was a, a low cost attached to it. It wasn't that high, and I'm sure everyone has a a similar public cost uh, in their intramurals as well. But like Cisco was saying, you never know who you're going to meet in those intramurals. And a lot of the times, if you can't find a team, usually there there are people recruiting for teams. And so I regret not having looked more into it. And I have to admit, my first semester, I didn't know much about it until someone else told me, like, oh, yeah, there is this. Um, and, And so... I probably would have joined that first semester had I known about it earlier. But even later on when I wanted to join or actually be a part of that outdoor soccer more um, often, I think what ended up blocking me is that a lot of the times were really late. I'm talking like 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Uh, games. And I didn't live in the town where I went to college. I actually lived about 25 minutes away from there. And so just the thought of like oh me driving at like 10, 11 when I have to work the next day really early or maybe I have a class really early the next day, I was like, yeah, I am. I love to play soccer, but I am not going to like put myself, uh, uh, to, you know, spend like late nights, uh, you know, out there too, but it's unfortunate, but now that I look at it back, maybe I would have been like, eh, I might, you know, I'll pay the fee, but I might miss a game here and there, but, you know, I'll try to make some games if I don't have anything to do the next day. and so. Again, if you have that opportunity, play intramurals. It's available for any college student. Most uh, four years, I'm sure, have some sort of intramurals. Some of them even make a, a, a big thing out of it as well. I'm sure the bigger schools. And so uh, do do take advantage of it. There, there's a lot of uh, sports out there. And again, you're keeping yourself healthy as well and, and exercising too. So yeah, check it out.
1: Definitely. And I think... We, I love how we've talked about exercising the body. Now, let's talk about exercising the mind. And yes, I realize how witty that is. And I just came up with that on the spot. So,
0: yeah, you're, that was I'm,
1: good. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, um, so, I think, you know, one of the things, this is something I wish I had done. And you should look back at one of our other episodes about how you can make yourself a a a better candidate through certifications, right? So you can really have that purposeful career. But think about, you know, when I think back on my on my college experiences, I, I think we we all know that we have, you know, there's certain weeks throughout the year where we know they're going to be a lot of work and really stressful, right? Just because of midterms, finals. And I know for for others, you kind of have some some schools and some students have like like two time periods that are really stressful and others have three but think about what you can do in those times where you're scared, you know you don't have as much homework as much projects or as, or as many things to do what is one really good way that you can really take the knowledge in the classroom to a whole nother level and that is through certifications right when I think about, almost any major or almost any career path. I know that there are a whole host of certifications and that you can take for free. Right. When I think of myself as a marketer and I, and I know Luis would, would may have a suggestion or two, you know, HubSpot is a really cool um, marketing organization that publish it that that has coursework like free certifications you can take as well as drift and a lot of other places that can help take that really foundational knowledge that you have from the classroom and really kind of overlay on top of it like really like kind of a way to kind of take your your class and a certification which kind of makes that much more powerful, right? Because now you have yeah that foundational understanding and then you kind of have a way um a way before getting your degree that kind of proves that you understand that subject matter. And that's something I wish I had done more of because I think about back when I was in college I had a lot more free time than that I have now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no I, I definitely can can agree with that. Like for example, I mean us as marketing people you know, there is the American Marketing Association and they actually do offer some certifications, which I'm not a part of any of them. I don't have any of those certifications, but I think if I look up and we know we're talking about college mistakes here too. So uh, <laughs> of course there's, I think there's a perfect example, but looking back, I think if I was still a student in college, uh, you know, still, as uh, I mentioned before, I concentrated in marketing with my business major. And so I probably would have looked into the certifications that the AMA has to offer. So like they offer some certifications like the digital marketing pro, uh, the PCM marketing management, uh, PCM sales management, PCM content marketing, all these things, because if you think about it, like, sure, I was concentrating in marketing, but think of when you go to a job and they look at your resume, like, sure you might already have that degree you might have a degree already in for example as in business business marketing uh, to be more uh, precise uh, but if you also supplement it with say these other certifications that now show that you not only know the general of marketing but you also know specific things in marketing right whether it's digital whether it's maybe uh other things like sales management like content marketing like you know more things right and so it shows that you have more of an expertise and not just the general basics of marketing but also just in general right everything that constitutes marketing and so i think it makes you stand out as a job candidate because quite frankly i think other people that you're competing against as long as they don't listen to this podcast of course or <laughs> probably not getting a certification too and all that shows on the resume is just got my bachelor's in this that's it but think if you have in your resume that you have your bachelor's degree and you also have a certification from this association from this uh, program that certifies you in something more specific in your career field it's going to one make you stand out and two, you're going to gain more knowledge on something that maybe they didn't really uh, mention it as much, right, in your class over on your whole program. Maybe you just learned the basics of it. But now you're learning more advanced things about this other thing that is going to make you stand out. More so specifically, if that job is related to that too, then yes, go get a certification because... It's only going to show that you truly know what you're talking about and you're not just saying, well, yeah, I majored in this career field and I know about this, but I never even took a class in it. And so it just, it's just going to like back you up. Right. So they understand that. Yes, this person knows that as well. And you never know where that could lead you to it. But quite frankly, I think it is going to lead you to an actual job because again, not that many people have one. And so go get one, you know, just Google certifications and your career. And trust me, you're going to find a lot of them. And they might cost probably anywhere from some might be free, don't think that they're all just paid. So I've, you know, I've seen some 100 200 $300. If you look at, you know, just an average certification, I'm not talking like a degree, like a PhD or something like that. But, you know, you, you could find find some that are aren't too a bad price? And, and I'd say if it costs less than maybe $500, I think it's worth it. If you have it to your student loan, I think it's worth it. Even though I know it's it's going to add up to that, but trust me, it's, it's going to give you a lot of value and it's actually worth that extra dollar amount. It complements your degree well.
1: Yeah, and definitely one of the things that I would kind of just to bring, bring that point home is when you're a student, you get a lot of great opportunities at a discount. So never be afraid to ask, even if you don't see it on the website, if there is a student rate, and almost all organizations will have some sort of program, maybe not necessarily a discount, but some sort of way where you can get it more affordably. So never forget to ask.
0: Yeah, definitely. Students get a lot of discounts and that'll actually be a, a future episode topic that we'll actually talk about is uh, different uh, places where you all can get really good discounts and take advantage of those because trust me, you could actually save uh, a lot of money on uh, different uh, places too. So be on the lookout for that in a future episode. Um, but our next mistake here, mistake number nine, which again, this is just my mistake, but from here in Cisco, talk about all the different benefits here, why not? I'm like, yeah, this was definitely a mistake of mine is uh, not graduating with honors. It it's, it's just something else. When you graduate with honors, you get a mention, right? As you're walking the stage, they mention your name. They say you're graduating uh, with this particular uh, title and it gets added to your degree. And I think it's great. I mean, it's one of those things that you always look back and you're like, I got that. It looks cool on the paper. It looks cool to have it when you have it hanged up on your wall when you have that degree there on your, with a really nice frame. And so I think it's good. You could put it on your resume. It's only going to make you stand out. Not that like an employer is going to ask like, hey, did you graduate with honors or not? But it's definitely going to be something that will catch their attention. And it's only going to make them uh, realize that you went above and beyond in college, especially if you're trying to get a job right when you graduate college, it's going to really help you out. Right, Right, school?
1: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think one of, you know, as I was applying to grad school, one of the things that was most helpful was having, I was, um Beta Gamma Sigma, which is the International Business Honor Society for business major. So I was in the top 10% of my class because of, of my, because of my GPA. And, you know, one of the, one of the cool things about it is, is that it is like a lifetime membership, which is pretty cool. But also when I went to apply to graduate school, I was able to get, um, I was able to get the GMAT waiver, even though I didn't have the the job experience they were looking for because of that high level of achievement that would entail that I would be a great student in in the graduate program. So, you know, if, if you graduate with a, honors you're awesome I commend you but if you don't graduate with honors it's it's not the the end of the world either right um I know Luis and I know of many of my friends who've gone to incredible careers because there's so much more to to being a student and to being a successful person than than your grades and I know we're going to touch on all those topics in you know through. A variety of episodes, and I look forward to. And I look forward, and I know Luis looks forward to to sharing our experiences to help you um, elevate yourself. And with that, one, this is kind of a bonus that we added is not creating a podcast in college. And I know this is something we we talk a lot about about how how can you find ways to kind of quantify your value or kind of creating a portfolio of products that you can show, not a portfolio of products, but kind of like a, essentially, yes, a, a portfolio of what you've done in college. And what better way to do that than through a podcast that, ha, you know, that ha, is very specific to to a topic and that it kind of, talks about that topic in a series or in in an evolution or a timeline. And that is so awesome because now you're showing really tangibly how you understand your, how you understand what you're learning. But at the same time, if we look about the different skills that employers are looking for, they're looking for somebody who is creative, somebody who's innovative, somebody who can speak publicly, right? I know that's one of the most underrated, but one of the most highly sought after skills is public speaking. And if you can do that on a podcast, what more quantifiable way to show that you can speak publicly? So I would say that's something I wish I would have done, but I know back in 2012, podcasts were not the hottest thing on the market, but they are now. And I wish I would have been one of those early entrants
0: oh yeah that would have uh, really brought about a lot of benefits too and and yeah i mean i'm in the same boat right like nobody really knew what a podcast was or at least most people right if you asked them like hey what is do you listen to one probably would have been like i have no idea <laughs> um but yeah th- definitely and and like we said each episode there is one uh way that we can actually bring up podcasting and There you guys go again. You guys, benefits, benefits, nothing but benefits uh, with actually having one as well. Uh, So our final, or I should say again, my final (laughs) uh, mistake here, mistake number 10 is going back to the honors uh, item, not being in an honor society. And I know Cisco mentioned it before. Yeah, it's not the end of the world if you don't make it. Don't think you can't succeed afterwards. I didn't make it. I feel like I'm in a good spot right now. And so uh, don't feel like, you know, if you don't make it, it's going to be really hard to navigate through your career. But of course, if you are in that situation where you are close to being an honor society or to being invited into one, which I feel personally, I could have been invited into the same uh, business honor society that Cisco is a part of. But I think I could have had a little bit more effort and I maybe would have had that. I was really close to the uh, GPA amount that they were uh, looking for to, to figure out who they invite um, or the top 10% as Cisco was saying. And so had I done that little extra effort, I think I could have been invited. I have faith in myself that I could have been there, but it's one of those things that you don't really think about as much, but I think looking at it beyond Graduating with honors in the future after being in one honor society, look at it this way. You might get some benefits for your career as well, because they might have maybe opportunities that aren't really maybe open to everyone or or maybe a specific employer might make a visit to like one of the honor classes and they might make a presentation and then you might meet them there and that might be your future career job. And so you never know what might happen because you were a part of an honor society. So if you're really close to being in one, make that extra effort. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. And in certain cases, you just have to make the extra effort of going from a B plus to an A minus C plus to a B plus, And that might make the difference in the world. Trust me. So make that extra effort. If you have to stay up an extra hour one day, just to, like add an extra paragraph to that essay then stay up that extra hour it might mean that you join an honor society so it can get to be that uh, specific too so yeah and I know Cisco again was a part of one but uh you know I, I, what things do you have to say about you know being an honor society aside from just getting the recognition right after you graduate mm-hmm.
1: I think you know one of the things that comes with being in an honor society is kind of the people, the people that you meet, right? And I keep going back to, to people. And, And the reason why that is because I think about my life after college and all the friendships that I made during college and how they have helped me identify new opportunities, apply towards different organizations, you know, maybe, join the boards of nonprofits or different places, right? So being in an honor society is something that will provide value, not only during your college days, but well long after, because I know, and I've been you know, I still, I still get invited to to different events and to different things that that I haven't gone to yet, but I probably should, but you just never know. There's, there's so much, value in in being present and being involved in different organizations and having kind of that um, kind of that encouragement to strive for greater is something that will help us throughout our careers right is always taking that one more step whether it be one more paragraph or you know reading our essay one more time out loud just so we know that every comma and every period and that there is not one single mistake on that paper. Right. it's just one more time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the little things that make a difference. And again, yeah, to make sure that you you, you do that as well. And well, those are the 10 mistakes there. Uh, As you guys could tell, we have made a lot of mistakes, maybe a little less for Francisco than for me. But still, you know, you know. Hopefully, you guys find something of value here, even if it's just one of these mistakes that you can change for your own college career. Then, trust me, it's going to make a big difference, whichever one it is. If you just uh, get one out of this list, it's going to help you a lot. So, as we uh, mention every episode, if you haven't followed us on social media, then hey, please give us a follow or like us. Uh, You can find us on Facebook. If you search for the college solvers podcast and we are also on Twitter and Instagram, both on as at college solvers. So please give us a follow, find out when we post a new episode, or if you'd like to also send us a message, if there's a particular topic that you want us to talk about, then we will actually uh, do so as well. So please uh, feel free to send that message. Or if you have specific questions about college, then also, let us know and we'll answer them on social media. Or if you want us to answer it on the podcast, then hey, we'll answer it on our next uh, podcast episode as well. So please let us know and we will actually uh, answer them as well. So that's it for today. Uh, thank you all for listening to us. Have a great day, everyone, and we will see you next time.